0: By Rebecca Spencer. Mass Kells and that's a wonderful goal.
1: And Rear Percival from almost the halfway line.
2: Hi everyone and welcome back to the N17 Women Podcast. This is still Abby speaking, and I'm here to share some more interviews with you from experts on racing Louisville. AC Milan, and OL Reign. In the interest of full disclosure, I am recording this intro on Monday evening, and we already know we've lost to Club America, and so we'll be facing Tokyo Verde Belize in the 5th place, 6th place game. Unfortunately, that was the one team we couldn't get an interview for, but Caroline actually made it to Tokyo's game against AC Milan yesterday and took the time to fill me in, so we're going to try to take a different approach and just talk about what to expect. That said, if you or someone you know wants to chat with us about Tokyo Verde Belisa, we'd still love to hear from you. That segment will be at the end, so if you want an idea of what's coming on Wednesday, then definitely stick around. In the meantime, let's hear from our lovely guests about some of the other teams you can watch on Wednesday after Tottenham versus Tokyo wraps up. <music> I have Robin Pryor here with me to tell us a little bit about Racing Louisville. Robin is the president of the Lavender Legion, which is an official supporters group and the host of Hot Brown Soccer Town, a podcast about some of the folks who make soccer happen
1: in Louisville. Very close. Very the close. Pronunciation is very, very close. It's not the worst I've heard. I'll say that. No. What am I, no. what am I
2: missing? What? what
1: Instead what? of "ville," it's vol. Vol. Okay. Yeah. Louisville that's much better
2: I feel like I can either like cut off the beginning or cut off the end but not both I need to work on that Yeah, get get some practice yeah it's gonna like you're gonna listen to the podcast back and slowly over time you're gonna like see that second syllable disappearing it'll be great it's fine (laughs) yeah so uh I'd like to learn a little bit about you how did you come to support racing Louisville
1: yeah um oh my gosh so a lot of people may or may not know that we had a USL men's team before Racing Louisville came along. So we have had pro soccer in our city for, this is the eighth year of the men's team, I believe. So by the time Racing came along, we had already kind of had a, a foundation established core of soccer supporters. I had been a you know season ticket holder of Louisville City for... You know, since the beginning of their time. So, when racing came along, I had been exposed to supporter culture long enough to want to actually be more involved in that. So, when we got the opportunity with this NWSL team to start from the ground up, I decided just to jump in. I was going to start coming to, I was going to come to their games anyway, but I wanted to be more involved as a supporter. So it just kind of happened from there.
2: Right. And so you're also the, the president of Lavender Legion, right? So did you yep. start the, the Legion? Did you, uh, or like contribute to the starting of it? How'd you get? Yeah.
1: To yeah. So it was the very, very middle of the summer of 2020 when we, uh, mid pandemic and one of the hottest summers I can ever remember. <laughs> we, when we got the team announcement and the coach and the, and everything had started coming together, we got the opportunity, um, there's a pretty established supporter uh, of the Lucidity City supporters group that was called upon to help establish the women supporter group. So he reached out to uh, several of us uh, who have been involved in Lucidity City and strong, you know, determined women who could really get something off the ground. And so we literally just decided to, all of us pitched in, we held a kind of a town hall style meeting at a local pub wearing masks in the 100 degree heat outside at the pub. And oh goodness, we started just, dedication. <laughs> we just started talking about what it would look like to be supporters. And so, you know, we had a lot of public input. We, we chose board positions. We kind of wrote out our bylaws. We, potential membership helped us come up with a name. So got that voted on. And it literally just from that very first meeting at the pub and the middle of June in 2020, everything else kind of fell into place and we took the next step. So I've been with the Legion from the inception. I started out as vice president this year. I became the president uh, due to some personnel changes and uh, here we are.
2: So has it been fun having your own NWSL team so far?
1: NWSL is vastly different from the USL. So there has been a yeah. bit of <laughs> for lack of a better term, a bit of deconditioning for a lot of people because and growing up in general, I didn't have much personal exposure to women's sports in general, which now I realize that I didn't even understand that was a problem until I became an adult and started thinking about it, you know? So just having, just getting yourself acclimated to regularly attending women's games is, is already a a culture shift and a mind shift enough, let alone the leagues are structured differently. They're managed differently. They have different rules for players. They have different rules for, they had different COVID rules. I mean, everything is so different. So I would say that it is really fun because we have a regional collection of supporters. It's not such a local, uh, granular group. So we get to meet a lot of people from outside of other areas and the team is super fun. So I, the short answer is yes. The long answer is with, condi- there are some other yeah. considerations there too, but
2: yeah. And it's really interesting. You should, you should talk about the differences between the USL and the NWSL, because I I know that Louisville Spurs it, and, you know, Lexington Spurs and some of the Spurs organizations around are like really interested in this tournament. And a lot of people are going to be coming to see who, mostly follow and support the men's team. And so this is maybe going to be one of their first major exposures, at least to Spurs women. I'm sure some of them follow like the U.S. Women's National Team, of course. And I'll be interested to chat with people afterwards and and kind of see what they think and see what...
1: Yeah, I was talking to one of the players from Lu City last year, and I asked him his perspective. What's the biggest difference between men and women's soccer? And he was very, he very clearly said... The women are more technical. You you compare the last Loose City match to the last racing match, and you look at the difference in the types of fouls that happen and the reactions to fouls that happen. It is a totally different type of game, essentially, as well.
2: Yeah. So, about that, like, I'm curious if you could just tell our listeners a little bit more about the NWSL and what that league is like and where Racing Louisville. Fits in the table because this is midseason for you, right? And like, do you have playoff aspirations
1: this year? And what's going on? <laughs> um, so we are our last home game is October first, so we are about sixty days out from the end of our season. Um, okay. We had playoff aspirations. I don't think it's mathematically possible now for us to make the playoffs we are a little bit below mid-table currently we have just had this unlucky string of draws not been able to get over the hump and secure the win that we have deserved more often than not so it's it's been a little bit of a challenging year in the past the past 12 months we've had three coaching changes and a full roster change and and it's been kind of tumultuous from the beginning just in terms of in inconsistent, you know, no stability, really. So it's been difficult for all of them to kind of get the get their footing. No, no pun intended. But yeah, so it's the NWSL itself is a very interesting league. It's unlike any other league or sport I've ever, um, been a spectator of before. I feel like there's always some kind of drama going on with the NWSL. Uh, uh, the NWSL also has been through some major changes in the past 12 months. So there's been a lot of shakeups, you know, I feel like last summer, all almost every single coach across the whole league was turned over and, you know, there has been some really terrible people exposed and, shoved out rightfully so and hopefully some uh, new better more um just better humans in the world coming to to grow this league so this year I feel like a lot of the players are making personal growth too because they're getting to go to teams that they want to go to and they're I've seen more international transfers than I probably did last year so I think all in all, it's it's just a work in progress. I'm not gonna say it's a perfect league because none of them are, but work in progress.
2: That sounds familiar to to us that are in the the following along with the FAWSL as well. Um we yes. you know how that goes. So yeah, we we are uh, planning on asking all of our guests what uh, whether their teams have won any silverware recently. But I do know, in the case of Racing Louisville, that you actually won this very tournament last year, defeating right. Bayern Munich on penalties. So what was what was that like? Was that the first silverware? Was that feeling pretty good? We liked uh, you, it.
1: <laughs> I still get chills thinking about that day. It's truly a day that I don't think anybody who was there will ever forget, and. Just, A, the feeling, you know, I think we were about, the performance-wise, we were at about the same place uh, as we are now, so I'm not going to say confidence was low, but I think when you reach a point in the season and you know that playoffs are not attainable, or you, know, you just keep playing and you keep pushing, um, but I, as a human, I can't help but think that there's just some little shred of doubt or defeat right. That you, that you go out there with, I I just think as a human, it's natural. So uh, for us to not only play and beat an international team, but our, that was our goal. That was Katie Lund's professional debut. And she scored the winning goal and saved the others that, that won us that trophy. So it's all very serendipitous when you think about the whole experience and to witness that in person and to just see and feel the energy and the electricity on the pitch after that happened is truly something that you have to feel, have had felt to understand. Um, And the accomplishment and the success and the feeling of hard work pays off all culminated in that moment. So it was very, very memorable for all of us.
2: Yeah. Wow. That truly does sound unbelievable. I hope that one day I can experience
1: something similar. (laughs) I'm sure you will. Everybody will have their day. Yeah.
2: So I wanted to ask you a little bit more about some of the players we should be looking out for in this tournament. Uh, I know we'll be uh, probably a lot of our fans will be trying to watch as many of the games as they can, uh, but we also might face you. So who should we, who should we be looking for?
1: You know what? We have such a talented, talented team. Um, Our squad is small, but they are mighty for sure. I think that. And just watching Katie Lund's growth since last year as a goalkeeper and actually had her goalkeeper coach on my show not long ago. So I got to hear from him a little bit about what that experience has been like to for her to grow in the way that she has. I think that I think that Katie, you have you all got to find a way to get around her. Um, She is good. She is fast. She is agile and she is tall. And she makes herself as big as the goal. So she will definitely be one to watch out for. Um, Savannah Dembello is another one. She's currently the NWSL July Player of the Month. The buzz around Louisville is that she should be a contender for Rookie of the Year because she has played phenomenally in her position. Um, and I think if we can get the right combination up front and Nadia gets the right setup, I think that Nadia is going to be a nightmare for your all's defense or anybody's for that matter, because I think she just knows how to, she knows how to get around them. She's done it all, seen it all, been through it all. So I I think those, if I had to pick three, those will probably be my three.
2: Yeah. Those, I think uh, all those names ring a bell for me, especially Nadia, of course Um, we've heard a lot from her and uh, yeah, it's a really, really exciting team that, that you've got. And I'm just looking forward to seeing all the teams. I think it's going to be so cool. Agreed. So if I had to ask you how you describe the way the team plays, how would, you, how would you describe that?
1: This is a hard question for me because I know I mentioned I don't I don't uh, I don't speak the language of sports analytics. So I'm not, I'm not going to use terminology that people probably would normally use. So I do also think that because of the coaching changes and our locker room changes, personnel changes, I'm not sure that that's even been solidified. To be honest, we play different, you know, formations every now and then, um, we have different lineups pretty regularly. I don't think by any means it's a high press style because I don't think that we exhibit or exude the pace up front to play that full pressure, high press to to be offensive. But, um, at the same time, there are some times when our defense is slow and lacking too so I think that since we're only in year two of of our you know being a team I don't think we've fully established that identity we haven't even had a coach for a full year or yeah. a full season so I don't I don't even think we have a, a solid identity yet
2: so so it sounds like this these mid-season tournaments could be really useful for for you all trying a way of figuring that out
1: yeah, I think and especially now that there are six teams instead of four, uh, we yeah. have an opportunity to expose ourselves to two additional styles of play, forms of uh, uh, aggression or on the pitch or, or whatever. So, you know, making use of different people in different positions and seeing how they European football and American American soccer are. They're just not the same. Uh, I'm yeah. sure Tokyo has a very different style from any of them. Mexico oh my gosh, if you ever watch Latin American or Hispanic football, it's a completely different game from any other place in the world. So I think the exposure alone and just getting the experience, whether they win, lose, or draw, getting the experience to play with just another type of culture in the game is going to be valuable for them.
2: Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I think like I was listening to uh, what we were all listening to our coach, Rianne Skinner, talk about how we we would have the opportunity to do more in-game problem solving as we came up against these different styles and how that would be um, helpful for the team going forward. I just think as a fan, it'll be super interesting to see. I'm finding this a very difficult tournament to predict. I have no
1: idea what's going to happen. Yep, it's always unpredictable. You, it, it ain't over till it's over. Right? No, that's for sure. <laughs>
3: that's
2: for sure. So do you think Racing Louisville has a shot to win the whole thing
1: again? <laughs> I, you know, I thought about this, I I try not to be too idealistic, um, because I try to keep my head on the ground a little bit. But, you know, we won it out of nowhere last year. And just seeing what this team has in terms of grit and passion, and determination, and physical work, these players, have physically transformed over the course of the season due to the way they've been training, due to the way that they've been conditioning their bodies and nutritionally and all that. I mean, there is a substantial difference even now from when the first game was played in April. So I am going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make uh, yeah, I'm going to make a assertion that yes, they have a great chance to win again. I'm, I'm not going to hold back this time on that prediction.
2: I love that. I love it. <laughs> um. Obviously, I hope we win, but I, of course, I, feel, of course. That. I feel that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so let's see. So our teams will face each other in there just a few scenarios. It's, yeah. I don't think it's super likely. So it would be if Louisville wins their semifinal game and Spurs win both games, we'd face each other in the final. Or if Spurs make it to the semifinal and then we both lose our semifinal games and we'd play, play in the third and fourth place match. So I guess that would make it either the final or the third or fourth place match. Okay. Can I push you for a score prediction? What do you think? What do you think is happening if if our teams meet each other?
1: I am so terrible at score predictions. <laughs> I am awful at them, but you know what? Yes, you can push me to give you one anyway. I'm gonna go and say has throughout this season we have been traditionally low scoring in our games and you know what? I'm not too proud to say that this could go either way. So like, I'm going to say like a two to one either way for whichever meetup we have. So I would love obviously the optimist and the fan and me and the expectation of me is to say racing's going to win two to one or racing is going to win no matter what, but watching how they've played and watching, I would say a likely score is two to one either way.
2: Yeah. I, I, could get behind that. I think like it's interesting. We also haven't been scoring a ton, but we do have a lot of new people that we don't really know what they're yeah. going to be like. Sure. I think I'm going zero zero. Ah, you're going <laughs> to penalty. I am,
1: I do put I, that I, juju I, out there. You need to put some positive winning energy out there.
2: Well, we just have like, we have some good goalkeepers. I, I back yeah. us in, in penalties. Uh, we have Becky Spencer and we have Tinny Corpella from Finland. And she obviously oh, saw wow. a lot of action this summer in the Euros. So I, yeah. I do, I do like our chances in a penalty shootout.
1: Yeah, I, I don't disagree. It'll be fun to see
2: no matter what happens. It'll be fun to see. So um, where can our listeners find you on social media if they'd like to keep up with Racing Louisville?
1: So obviously Racing Louisville FC has their own Twitter at Racing Louisville FC. Uh, The Lavender Legion Twitter is just at Lavender Legion. Um, My Twitter is at Hot Brown Soccer. Uh, we also have Instagrams and Facebooks and y- you can find us anywhere. We, we do not hide, hide for the data miners, um, whatever social media you're on, just search our name and you'll find us. My podcast has a website, dot racinglufc.com. We have a great little community of content creators for the team. So you know, Beautiful Game Network is one housing unit, if you will, of various content creators that cover different teams and leagues. So mm-hmm. there, there's a whole slew of places you can find us.
2: Yeah. And if people want to find you in real life, is the Lavender Legion having any community events in, um, in conjunction with the, the tournament that you'd like people to know about?
1: We are. So we have set up a kind of fun little Supporter meetup. There's a brewery called Mile Wide Brewing Company in Louisville that has an arcade. They have board games. They have a big projector, TV, they have couches. On Thursday, August 18th, we are planning a meetup. Thursday night is also their trivia night. So we have will have a lot of things for people to do. A lot of the Legion's going to be there. Any supporter who is in Louisville is absolutely welcome to join us, you know, share a beer, and then we can um, talk smack on the pitch during the game (laughs) and then we can go have another beer after so thursday august 18th about seven o'clock we'll all meet up at mile wide
2: love that that sounds awesome well thank you so much for joining me this has been lovely
1: oh sure anytime i'm so glad to have uh, had the chance to talk to you and you know hopefully we'll get to meet up um next week in town so (music) So our next
2: guest is Salim, who is a women's football analyst at Total Football Analysis. Uh, welcome, Salim. How are you?
4: I'm doing good. Thank you.
2: Yeah, we're, uh, we're really excited to have you here. Um, I, was, I was hoping to, that you could tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into analyzing AC Milan women.
4: Thank you. Well, I'm, as you said, I'm a women's, women's football analyst for Total Football Analysis. I do write articles weekly for, on numerous topics, including match analysis, scout reports on players, and so on. I also write magazine articles monthly for Total Football Analysis. I cover different leagues, including the WSL, the NWSL, and the Italian Serie A women. I have been a Milan fan since my childhood, and as soon as I started following women's football, I also started supporting Milan women and analyzing their games whenever possible. So that's how I got into Milan women.
2: That's really exciting, and we're so happy to have your expertise here. Um, I'll let Caroline kick it off with some questions about Milan.
3: Yeah, so... Let us know what league AC Milan women play in and just tell us a little bit about uh, what the league is like.
4: Yeah, Milan women play in Serie A women, the Italian league, which became professional this year. So it's a little bit behind compared to, the, to other European leagues. But at the same time, this league and the clubs playing in it are developed a lot from one season to the other. Actually, the Italian league is dominated by Juventus, who won the last five league titles, and all the other teams have been struggling to surpass them. At the same time, teams like Milan, Roma, Fiorentina, and lately even Inter and Sassuolo have progressed a lot, and they are always in competition for the second spot, which is uh, a qualifying spot for the Women's Champions League.
3: Awesome. So I know they're in their off season right now, uh, but where did you said they finished in second last season or somewhere close to there?
4: Yeah, they finished third last season. But since their foundation in 2018, they have been alternating between the third and the second spot. They finished third three times, including last season, while they were successful in reaching the second spot in the in 2021 season. Their goal this season is to get to that, is to get the second spot once again in order to participate in the Champions League. But at the same time, if they will be able to surpass Juventus, that would be great.
3: Cool. And have they had any success in maybe like the domestic cups uh, or been able to win any sort of silverware so far?
4: Well, they are yet to win the trophy, but they played an Italian Cup final against Roma in 2021 and finished as runners-up, so yes, they are competitive for Cups. Last season, they were excluded in the Cup semi-finals against Juventus, and the fact that they finished the league, they usually finish the league as third or second, makes it fair to say that Milan are among the best teams in Italy at the moment.
2: I'm curious, uh, should we face you in this tournament, who are the key players that Spurs fans should be looking out for?
4: Well, you have Piemonte, Martina Piemonte. She is this striker, the team's striker, and she is a dangerous player inside the box. She has got some great physical abilities and knows how to finish the actions. So Spurs defense should be attentive enough when dealing with her. Milan also have recruited the Swedish international Aslani lately and she is expected to start training with the team very soon so if she gets some playing time during, during, during the women's cup Tottenham Tottenham fans already know that this player is very dynamic and can be very dangerous in the final third especially if she adapts well to Milan's playing style Other players like uh, Valentina Bergamasti, Christy Grimshaw, and Lindsay Thomas can also have a great impact during this tournament. These players have been outstanding in in terms of playmaking and goal scoring last season. But just like Tottenham, Milan are actually in in a phase of preparation and integration of new players. So anything can happen during this match, especially when Milan recruited some new players alongside Aslani, such as sisters Mikaela and Camila Dabkova, Sylvia Rubio, Naomi Karaj, and probably some more players to come in the next few days.
3: Yeah, I know. I was uh, interested to hear that Aslani transferred to AC Milan. That's a, a great transfer for y'all, for sure. Uh, so how would you describe the team's style of play?
4: Well, Milan tend to play according to the... 3-4-3 formation as their head coach, Mauricio Gans, usually prefers to use the back three defense. This might be the case during the Women's Cup as well. They play counter-attacking football most of the time. And that's why they have been focusing on having quick and skillful wingers on either side. Having players like Aslani in the team might change the team's formation to a 3-5-2 formation and using the latter as a winger or as a midfielder. All this can't be guessed at the moment, and we'll have to wait until the team starts playing with their full squad. But one weakness of this team, though, is their slow and predictable build-up phase. Milan's playing style lacks some dynamism in this phase, and opponents like Tottenham can exploit this by planning to make some high pressing during the setup certain moments of the game.
2: Well, if we face each other, I'll be interested to see that because as you may know, covering the WSL, we are known for our high pressing. <laughs> so it should, exactly. it should be a fun one. <laughs> so where do you expect Milan to place in the Women's Cup?
4: Uh, that's a difficult question. Um, I think Milan, they have got their chances uh, to beat Tokyo Verdi Peleza and that they will get excluded in the semi-finals against uh, the hosts racing Louisville and I think that the same will happen to Tottenham by the way <laughs> <laughs> which means that Tottenham and Milan would face each other in the third place match in this case.
2: Yeah, so that's I could my personal that. prediction. I could definitely see that happening. We will have a really tough task against uh, OL oh well, Ray, and if we make it to that game. Uh, so, you know, we'll all be looking out for that. Um, and I know they're just preseason friendlies, and it's, it's hard to say how every team is performing and what their goals will be. Uh, so, before I push you for a score prediction, I, I'm actually wondering um, if there's anything in particular you think Milan should be focusing on uh, in this preseason tournament.
4: The team should um, focus mainly on the organization in attack and in defense as well. The integration of the new players should be done piece by piece, I mean, gradually in order to to be ready 100% at the start of the season. And they they should aim at uh, reaching the final. That's the mentality that they should start the tournament with. But then anything
3: can happen. Yeah, and I think you kind of hinted earlier at how um, it it might come about that our teams would face each other. Uh, But just for the sake of the listeners, I'll just let them know the scenarios. So there's three scenarios where Tottenham and AC Milan could possibly face each other. The first is if we both were to lose our first game of the tournament, in which case we'd be playing that fifth and sixth place game. Or if we both win both of our games, which would include the semifinals, um, we would end up meeting in the final. And then the third scenario is that if we were both to win our first game, but lose the semifinals, um, we would be playing for that uh, third and fourth place game.
2: Yeah, so should that happen, what do you think the score will be?
4: I don't think many goals will be scored in this match, but I predict that Miran will win by one goal margin, despite mm-hmm. the, uh, have made a very strong defensive reinforcement by signing Amy Turner. So, it won't be an easy match for either team.
2: And Caroline, what do you think?
3: Yeah, it's a tough one because I know we've both made some, some good moves in the transfer market. Um, I'm thinking that I'm going to have to back Spurs to have a 2-1 win.
2: What, no Nicola hat trick? <laughs>
3: <laughs> we could hope.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's good. It's a tough one to predict. I think that we'll draw 2-2 and depending on um, exactly what stage of the match. I actually don't even know if we do overtime or penalties in this. So question
3: mark. <laughs> I know penalties are a possibility from watching last season, but I can't remember if extra time happens first. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll
2: have
4: to see. I think it will more probably be Bennett rather than extra time because it's a friend.
2: Right, right. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for your time and for chatting with us. That was super, super informative. And I know that our listeners will be really excited to hear all of this. Um, So if after the fact, our listeners would like to find you on social media or in print, uh, where can they find you?
4: Uh, Thank you for having me and uh, listeners can find me on MR Ziegen on Twitter, where I always publish my written articles and views on women's football in general. So that's it.
3: Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much.
4: You're welcome.
3: And good luck in the tournament.
4: (laughs) Good luck to Tottenham as well.
3: Hi, y'all. Caroline here, and I'm speaking with Jacob Cristobal today to preview the OL Reign ahead of the Women's Cup. Jacob writes for Sounder at Heart, the SB Nation site for all things Seattle soccer. So hi, Jacob. How are you doing?
0: I'm good, Caroline. How are you? And well, first off, I thank you for inviting me to your podcast to um, talk about OL Reign. Oh,
3: we're thrilled you could come on and participate in our preview series. Thank you so (laughs) much. Yeah. Yeah, well, I try to catch OL Rain games when I can, but I'm sure you have a lot of interesting facts uh, to share with our listeners, and I'm eager to learn more about them from you. So let's kick things off with our preview questions. So first off, just some basic info on the club. Uh, what league do they play in?
0: They play in the National Women's Soccer League, which is the top flight soccer slash football league in the United States. The league was announced in 2012 and OL Reign were one of the founding clubs of the league with the inaugural season playing in uh, 2013. Back then, the name uh, of the club was actually called Seattle Reign FC and that was their name from the inaugural season all the way up to 2019 where they then changed their name to just Reign FC and then in 2020, uh, they changed their name to OL Reign as part of uh, the acquisition, where in which Olympic Lyonnais and their um, the entity that owns uh, Olympic Lyonnais, both men's teams and women's teams, OL Group acquired the majority uh, controlling shares of Rain FC to mm-hmm. then become OL Rain.
3: Awesome. So, where are they at in the uh, league table?
0: Uh, right now, they are fourth in the standings, which is puts them above the playoff line. If the regular season were to end today, uh, they would be in a, a seeing uh, postseason play. So, yeah, I, fourth, fourth in the table with 21 points. Uh, it's been overall, I would say, good, but it could be a whole lot better just because of the fact that it's been going on this season for them. They have this bugaboo where they're shooting and shooting, but not <laughs> finding the back of the net. Um, a lot of it is just they're kicking it straight to the, to the opposing goalkeeper, the other half of it is just if it hit if it hits the woodwork, be it post crossbar, they're not getting that lucky deflection where it goes into the net. It just goes out of it. But yeah, it, the it's it's something that's frustrated head coach Laura Harvey and the players in terms of like they're getting all these shots. I mean, the past couple of games they've averaged about twenty to twenty-five shots per game, and yeah, they're just not finding the back of the net. Whether if it's something mental or it's just you Know something that they need to really work on at in training through whatever shooting drills, yeah. They're it's it's their uh bugaboo, uh, so far. And it's, it's one of those you hope at some point the next game this when it finally just breaks through and there's you know you're finding the back end multiple times. But with about a month and a half ish of uh, the regular season just left, I'm not gonna say it's panic time, but they really need to start having a game where they're scoring multiple goals. And as uh, Laura Harvey said many times over, just be ruthless in front of goal to where they have put the game pretty much well into rest and they're not giving teams that opportunity to stay within the game because Laura Harvey said in in the last game down at Louisville that she thinks the lack of conversion is now affecting them defensively where... It's resulting in that one little la- uh, lapse by everybody and where the opposing team scores a goal that ends up being, you know, a draw when it should have been a win.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I know as Spurs fans, we can relate to uh, <laughs> having to suffer through our team, having tons of shots and just not converting. Yeah, that's a familiar issue. <laughs> so it's interesting. You brought up playoffs that they're close to um, securing playoffs. So in recent seasons, have they been able to win any silverware?
0: In re- recent seasons, no. I, uh, the golden years in the very short history of the NWSL and the reign in general was this two-year stretch of 2014 and 2015, where they just ran a rough shot through the NWSL. And uh, they won the NWSL Shield, which is given to the team with the best regular season record in terms of points, wins, all that stuff, and, and finishing first in the table, and so they were able to translate that into postseason wins to go to the NWCL Championship, where they fell short in back-to-back seasons against FC Kansas City, who was then coached by who is now the US Women's National team head coach Vlad Gondonoski. So mm-hmm. 2015 was their last year where they collected any silverware. And you know, they're still chasing that elusive NW Championship. And with the roster that they have. This season, it's just like it's, it was last season. It's basically championship or bust. Yeah,
3: well, that's a good segue because my next question for you is: Who are the key players that Spurs fans should be looking out for on this rain team? Because, from my perspective, there's a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm. If if you're listening to this and you hear me taking a deep breath, it's because there's a lot of star players <laughs> for overall Rain. So, here we go. First off, the uh, the biggest name everyone's gonna uh, that comes to anyone's mind is Megan Rapinoe, uh, World Cup champion, World Player of the Year. You then have Rose Lavelle, U- World Cup champion, U.S. Uh, national Team stalwart, uh, um, Jess Fishlock, arguably one of uh, the best uh, international players that the NWSL has ever had. She's been here since day one, along with Megan Rapinoe and defender uh, Lauren Barnes. You have other U.S. National Team stars in. Alana Cook, Sofia Huerta. They just acquired a Canadian international, Jordan Heidema. She's more or less Christine Sinclair, the greatest goal scorer of all time. She's basically like the understudy or the you know, uh, prodigy, you know prodigy for uh, Sinclair. And there's also holding <laughs> midfielder Quinn, also a Canadian international. Yeah, there's Bethany Balser, who it's, uh, this is probably going to be the fun part for Spurs fans. She's also a Spurs fan. She recently. Attended a O.L. Rain press conference wearing a Spurs jersey. There was no player on the back. She's just a fan of the team. (laughs) But I do know in like other conversations with her that she's a big fan of Harry Kane and Son. I mean, who isn't a fan of our wonderful, wholesome Asian footballing (laughs) God? Yeah. Yeah. I think those are the biggest stars, star names that I can name off. But I mean, yeah, there's just a lot. There's just a lot of impact players that the team has that. They're just because of their playing, the amount of playing time that they're getting so far this season and last year, they're just becoming instant fan favorites. I mean, goalkeeper Mm -hmm. Fallon Joyce, she joined the team uh, halfway through last season after playing two years in France where she joined Rams where they were in the second division and guided them to promotion and also ensuring their stay in top flight. She's been kind of a revelation for some people here in the NWSL, but others have kind of known that she was going to, do this in terms of on the field in terms of being just a really good uh, goalkeeper but off the field it's her sharing her, her personality and her passion for marine biology that has <laughs> just won people over in terms of like that is so cool you have a soccer player that is very good at what she does on the field and she's a giant nerd and she's just embracing it and we love it yeah I, I, hopefully that was enough names for you in terms of like who are the stars and impact players for Lorraine. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I, th- I think that really illustrates that the Rain have quite a stacked team and are going to be a huge challenge um, if we do end up facing them. Uh, so for the listeners, Tottenham, if we win our first game, we're going to face Ola Rain in the semifinal. So the bracket has already been, you know, decided. So we're on that side of the bracket with the Rain, which I think is like probably the tougher um, potential semifinal matchup than Racing Louisville. But speaking of that semifinal, how would you describe the team's style of play? What would Spurs be coming up against?
0: So this is, uh, when you sent me this question, I, I was just uh, had a laugh to myself because it's always been this fun game of deception of sorts with Laura Harvey in terms of, <laughs> she's very staunch in protecting her tactics, her style of play. Like she guards them like nuclear launch codes. like, you know, fair play <laughs> to her, but Historically, she has thrown out a four-three-three formation, and you know when you have talents like Megan Rapina out on the wings, you know you want that quality to be able to send the service, you know, from those flanks. And uh, and now with Sofia Huerta as your right wing back, that can also send in crosses from that far down in the field, but also can move up. She, I think, she still likes to stick with that base four-three-three, but sometimes. And we've kind of seen this too, based on how the lineups that she's had, she's also gone into uh four, two, four, two, three, one, four, four, 2 and there's this hope now that Heidemann has joined the team that she might do something about a dual nines with her and Bethany Balser. Balser has missed a couple, the past couple of games due to an undisclosed illness. Mm. Um, so we have yet to really see her and Heidemann on the field at the same time in terms of we finally get to see this wish list of a dual nine system where either one, where both of them are just receiving crosses from where or Lauren Barnes or Rapino. That could, that's something that could be possibly in play uh, with the women's cup. Uh, we just don't know in terms of like, again, she, Harvey likes to keep her tactics very close to her chest. And then uh, she even, whether he was jo- whether she was joking <laughs> about it or not, I, tend to think she wasn't was that she had admitted to kind of messing with the lineup graphics that the team posts before you know, before every match into like here's her starting 11 she likes to meddle with some of that whether it be just to annoy us media and fans or you know whether it is some sort of last minute last second deception game to make sure that her, oppo- her opposing uh, coach does not have an idea as to what they're throwing out but historically it's a 4-3-3 formation look for uh and also just like really high uh press like if they lose the ball they're going to try to win it back very quickly especially when you have midfield a trio of fishlock lavelle and quinn she likes to get one if not two about all three of those midfielders involved in trying to win the ball back as quickly as possible
3: okay good to know and I mean, I hope that we do get to see Bethany Balser in the tournament. Hopefully she'll be uh, healthy by then. Yeah. So I know it's kind of, there's a challenge for the OL reign in that this tournament is coming in the middle of the regular season. And, you know, you've spoken about the fact that they're in that playoff chase. And I'm just curious how you think the team is going to actually approach the Women's Cup. Are they going to be going all out? Is it going to be a chance to maybe try out some new tactics? What do you think?
0: Yeah, it's, it's fascinating because when the NWSL was having the challenge cup, which is the de facto preseason tournament, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the question was how do all these teams and how do the managers approach this? Some were like, okay, this is our preseason. We're going to throw out, you know, we're going to try things. We're going to rotate as many players as possible. But then other teams were like, well, there's still money. There, There was a there was prize money at the end of it. So if you mm-hmm. win it there's still there's still stakes to go all out and win it if you can. And Harvey's approach for the Challenge Cup uh, this year was to give minutes to players that really did not see a whole lot of minutes last season because really just kind of summarizing the 2021 20, season for All Rain, they started out with free Ben Stevie. He leaves mid-season. And Coach Sam Lady is the interim for about four games. But during that time, they announced Laura Harvey comes back and she returned like around mid-August. And her task really was get the team up the standings to and then into the playoffs. And she did that. They finished uh, second in the table, you know, hosted a a semifinal against uh, Washington Spirit, lost that, and then, as we know, Spirit went on to win the NWCLE's championship. But during that time, she didn't really have a whole lot of downtime to sit down with every player and just kind of figure out, you know, who they are, what, what did they see, like their development path moving forward, how do they think, how does she think uh, their skill sets can be best used on the field. So that was, that was a big point for her in the challenge cup. And so the players that got minutes, it's kind of like more or less like who we we've seen so far in terms of the usual starting 11 outside of when somebody's on international duty or, you know, they're injured for some, for whatever reason. So going to this challenge cup i mean to the women's cup i feel like if you were to ask her like on the record she's gonna say she's gonna compete you know she wants a team to compete and you know go as far as they can which obviously is win the semifinal game against whoever they're gonna meet up with then mm-hmm. go to the final and hopefully win it but then even if you don't win that semifinal you still have to play for the third place uh game as well so it's not like you play that one game and they can fly back they're still going to be in the level for a little bit mm-hmm. so i do think there's going to be some rotation in terms of you're going to see some there's players like olivia athens and marley Canales who have made some appearances but they're not getting gotten as many minutes compared to like if you're a starter or somebody that's usually coming off the bench and sub in like the 70 70th minute you know to close out a game or to you know, just give the team some sort of an energy boost uh, on the field. So there's, I do think you're going to see some rotation in terms of some players that are going to get some starts that haven't had many starts at all, or just like, like just been coming off during like stoppage time substitutions. The team still has two goalkeepers in Laurel Ivory and Claudia Dickey that have not yet received a start. I wouldn't be surprised if one of them got a start, be it either at the semifinal or you know if they don't win that in just a third place game, maybe that's where one of them gets to start. Mm-hmm. Uh because just to give uh Fallon Toleshow a little bit of a rest, knowing that they're still the regular season and the push for the playoffs to go for. So yeah, she'll tell you that they'll they're gonna try to compete as best and as hard as they can. Do they necessarily want to win it? I don't know because <laughs> do we even know if like there's even like money on this on the table, you know, for you know, I'm honestly like not sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's just simple bragging rights because that wasn't the case. That was the case last iteration. They did this tournament. Yeah, it's I don't think you you would ever hear Laura Harvey say we're going to go for it. We're going to win it. You know, put her name on the trophy. She's just going to say the diplomatic thing where we're going to compete. She's going to give some players some minutes that haven't seen a whole lot of time on the field. But yeah, I I think, you know, you might still see a cameo, or, you know, from some of the star players like Rapino, Lavelle, Tobin Heath, but I, yeah, I do feel like you might still see a little bit more rotation here because of the fact that there's still the regular season games for them to play for.
3: Right. So if you had to make a, a gut guess, do you think they're going to go far in the tournament Well, all two games that they have to play, or or do you think they're going to? not make it past the semi
0: i think they'll make it past the semi regardless of who they uh who they meet in that match i just think the talent is just on paper just too loaded to not come out of the semifinal and plus they're they're probably going to use the the women's cup as just more games for them to really figure out if they can get over the bugaboo of just shooting and shooting but not finding the back in the net if the women's cup is the the game where it all finally just clicks for them that's great for all rain fan i mean it might it might not be good if you're if they're playing against the spurs and they just unload <laughs> you know a yeah. goals again. But, that, but i also think don't read a whole lot into that in terms of like for spurs this is their pre this part of their preseason correct right mm-hmm. so it's like they're working themselves into just getting ready for the wsl season while the nwsl teams are pretty much in the groove and trying to really solidify their their form with basically less than 10 games to go
3: yeah it's it's going to be interesting for sure to see how the different teams approach it uh well thank you so much for coming on that was a great glimpse into the ol rain and listeners make sure that y'all do check out jacob's writing at sounder at heart if you want to learn more about the rain thank you so much
2: This is Abby, and I'm back with your Tokyo Verde Belisa preview. So, Tokyo plays in Japan's WE League. The club was founded in 1981 under a different name and was one of the inaugural members of the WE League in 1989. They've won the domestic trouble three times in 2007, 2018, and 2019. They've won their division 17 times, most recently in 2019, And they've won the Empress's Cup nearly as many times, most recently in 2020. It sounds like they're quite strong in Japan, but that INAC Kobe is the team to beat the most decorated, the one they're all chasing, etc., etc. So, what to expect? My understanding is that this is also their preseason, which was not the case with Club America, whose season was already in full swing, as we saw. And basically everyone that I've spoken to has called Tokyo a well-drilled, organized, methodical passing team. They apparently have very distinct patterns of play, a bit like Antonio Conte's automations. AC Milan was able to successfully disrupt those patterns with their high press on Sunday. And we suspect ours will be able to do the same when we've face them on Wednesday, and in fact, this might be a good opportunity for us to give the high press a run out and practice creating those turnovers and capitalizing on them. We can expect Tokyo to be very technically strong, but they likely won't be quite as physical as Club America. In fact, they may have trouble dealing with Nikola Karczewska up front, who as we saw over the weekend, is tall and strong and pretty hard to push around. You all know I've been wondering about her aerial ability, so if she is working on added heading goals to her game, this might be a good time for her to practice. So, which players to watch out for? I woke up this morning to Soccer Analysis Twitter just abuzz with talk of Risa Shimitsu, who is Tokyo's right back and by all accounts their best player. She's apparently very good on the ball, and she caught everyone's attention by scoring an absolute banger of a goal on Sunday. I'm really excited to watch her, but I do hope that she doesn't do another one of those against us. Am I going to force myself to do a score prediction right now? I don't know. It's hard to say what we'd be focusing on in a game like this. I keep thinking that we've brought along some young players who haven't seen the pitch yet, so maybe we'll see some of them get a run out. I still think we'll win this game. We have all the tools, and we just have to make sure to put it together together. So I guess I will do a score prediction, and I'm going to go 2 nothing for us, because why not? Anyway, that's all for my non-interview preview of Tokyo Verdi Belitza, And big thanks to Caroline for all the insights that she sent me. I quite literally could not have done this without her. All right, well, that wraps up our preview for Tottenham Hotspur women at the Women's Cup in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, we wanted to thank all of our lovely guests so much. We really appreciate you coming on to tell our listeners a little bit about uh, the location and all the teams that we may be facing. If you want to give any of them a follow, we're going to put all of their socials uh, and you know where you might see them in writing or in speaking in the show notes of this episode. Uh, signing off. This is abby and you can find me at abby rose Meow on twitter or in louisville next
3: week for the tournament yeah and you can find me at CG Stephco or also at the tournament
4: well hoping you both have a really good time at the tournament um let us i'm sure you're going to be keeping us updated throughout as to exactly what's going on um although be aware we might not be awake and responding quite as uh, <laughs> quickly as you like um uh, I'm Sean Wallace uh, I'm on Twitter Sean underscore Wallace I'm also a uh, member of the Proud Lily Whites the LGBTQ plus um, supporters association for Spurs so um, I, you can find me there as well.
1: Yeah I'm looking forward to see photos of Abby and Caroline with the trophy in the background when we've won the entire thing um, but until then I'm Rachel and you can find me at Spurs Women blog on Twitter. Oh